This podcast is brought to you by mybookie.ag, promo code HAM and the number one. HAM1. Yep, basketball games this weekend. Uh, Warriors, I guess that already happened, but we got a lot of other games. Hopefully they're playing Sunday night. Live betting on the PGA Tour. I just saw Phil Mickelson 7-1. to one. Multiple mm. shot lead as of recording this. I guess just one Louis, Louis birdie, but 7-1, to one, Phil. Bag alert, major bag alert. It's not copyrighted if I'm singing it, I don't think. <laughs> Mailbag, John, weekend time. Woohoo! It's 5 o'clock somewhere on Friday as we record this. If you're listening to it, it is a Saturday morning or after, or you could be watching it on the uh, YouTube, the live stream. So welcome, everybody. You go to the iTunes, you leave us a review. In the review, you put in a mailbag question. That's how you get in the ham mailbag. Very simple. That's all these questions we'll start with here today come from the ham mailbag. If you're watching on YouTube, check out the pot. If you're listening, check out the YouTube. A lot going on. Very easy. Come on, people. Okay, so uh, we want to dive in. and uh, uh, Oh, actually, one other quick thing before we dive in. Keep an eye on our guy, Hunter Bishop, John, of the uh, San Francisco Giants organization, our boy, who we, uh, we, we root for. Uh, he, he had a good tweet today. I thought this was I thought this was good. He tweeted, "I think one of the best parts of Braden Bishop, my brother, signing with the Giants, is for the first time in my life I get to see the title Hunter's brother." <laughs> I mean, you think about it, your older brother goes to the big leagues like yeah. you're always Braden Bishop's brother. Now he comes into your neighborhood and he's Hunter's brother. That was that was a good tweet by Hunter Bishop. That is, that is strong. That is very strong. What's a you know. He was on the Mariners, right? Yeah. He got released, and then the Giants signed him. So yeah. Big win for that guy. I was talking to my buddy uh, Aaron Goldsmith the other day, and uh, he said he told me a while ago. I remember this, so I followed up with him the other day. Just when I was talking to him, he's the voice of the Mariners. Braden Bishop is just one of the all. Th- like they love him, absolutely love him. Was, was no, Braden on the big club? He had. Been, he'd been back and forth over the last few years. Yeah, gotcha. Uh, he played baseball at the University of Washington, and. Um, just people just rave about him. Just really high quality guy. Just like, you know, just like we rave about Hunter after we had him on the show and have gotten to know him a little bit. So I'm not saying he's this guy, but I remember the Giants having some success with a guy that went to the University of Washington. I, I think his name started with a T. Big time Timmy Jim? M. Yeah. Uh, Tim had some success. Big you know what's funny is like, let, I mean, I guess not less, but 10, 11 years ago, let Timmy smoke in a day yeah. and age where weed is just, I mean, ease.com. You can't use the promo code, but maybe again, who knows? It's just That's not part that. of our everyday That's life. Just us yeah, talking. It's, not, it's just us talking ease.com. It's part of it, you know, everyday vernacular and life and, and helping people. And that was a big deal. And we just, it's been a couple prominent players in the Bay area, Linscom and clay where it's just known they get high all the time it's embraced and they were arguably you know most popular players on the team yeah. i guess clay has steph but clay's pretty freaking popular i know <laughs> i know clay's popular it's like him and steph are popular in the same way but also in kind of a different quirky way yeah. um, but they are kind of a duo in a weird way even though steph's kind right. of the headliner but right. they are kind of synonymous with each other where tim was a solo act tim was yes <laughs> yeah tim, tim was but he was like the part of the giants you know, you win three World Series. That is the thing that pushes your product more than anything else. But they just had the, you know, they had the baby giraffe and they had Buster and they had like they kept nailing it from a, of like 
marketing the group as like a group of lovables, you know? Yeah. Linscombe in, in his heyday was a fucking badass. He well, was, he was like 5'8", skinny. Well, I guess he wasn't 5'8", because I remember standing at maybe 5'11". Yeah, he looks small. But he's, he's but, Steph-ish in that way. Like his build, the fact that he's not huge is part of and dominates, you know, like these other athletes is part of, I think, is part of the attraction of Steph, at least early in his career before it was clear he was one of the all-time greats. Yeah. Right? For sure. Did I tell you this? I think I've told you this. I remember. They, they sucked. And he was just so sweet. Yeah. I remember I remember that that for that first Sunday night baseball against the Phillies very clearly. Um yeah. I think I told you this, I don't know, you know, th- probably this time or what is this May, maybe June or July last year I went out golfing at Presidio and I'm golfing with this guy who starts telling me how he came out. He went had gone out solo like, you know, a few months prior and just he gets paired with two other guys and one of them's Tim Lincecum. And just he was the nicest guy. Uh, and Lincecum just hits bombs, right-handed, hits bombs, or left-handed, I guess. Um, Timmy's lefty. I, I remember when I lived in the city and wor- used to work out at Crunch Fitness on Union Street, yeah. I'd run into Brian Wilson a lot, and one day we talked. I mean, I started bullshitting a little bit. Be easy. I mean, he, he's a different cat, but he yeah. was easy to talk to. Yeah. I mean, he was just there working out in front of all the uh, you know, other marina bros and chicks. I would imagine you roll to Crunch Fitness. You're happy for anyone to come up and chat. Like you're not looking to uh, fly under the radar if you roll into a Crunch Fitness. You know, no, especially that one on Union. There's not an abundance of space. Not abundance of space, and it's a pretty like it's not an exclusive. You know, it's not one of these five hundred dollars a month gyms. It's it's the bear. It's San Francisco's version of twenty four hour fitness. Even though it's that probably, is true. You know, I don't know. I don't know how much it costs. Hundred. I thought it was like. Maybe. I thought it was like back. You know, I mean, almost in two thousand twelve. 60, 70 bucks. Oh, yeah. So, exactly. Like, you're not going there to get away from the people. Yeah. It's not the, what's the other place that's outrageous? I think it's like $300. Oh, a month. yeah. The place that they have, like, in the Four Seasons. Uh, yeah. Uh, what's the they have one place? down on in the marina, too. That's yeah, really they do. Sweet. It's, it's, an, it's in an old movie theater, and now I'm blanking on the name. Um, Haberman, clearly not a member. No, not a member. But, <laughs> you know, I think that I've looked at it before. I think, like, the base, 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 cheapest one that I don't think lets you go to all the other versions is like two hundred and fifty dollars or maybe more. But I, I mean, I, in, in fairness, I, I pay two hundred dollars a month for my gym in Walnut Creek. Yeah, I mean, this place, but you get to—that's your number one. Uh, Equinox, thank you, Blake on uh, on yeah Equinox on YouTube. Equinox, yeah, that's the spot. Yeah, and some of them they got pools and whatever. Anyway, podcast uh, brought to you in part by Geology, everybody. Geology.com slash ham gets you 40% off all trial sets. Plus, they got the new uh, SPF 30 unisex sunscreen coming out. Right here, baby. Right here. Go get it. Geology.com slash ham. Really easy. Do it now. Geology.com slash ham. Uh, Brian on YouTube says, is it hard to fly under the radar at Crunch with a jet black beard and a beanie? I mean, and he had like the beard before everyone had the beard, you know? Yeah, I mean, it was pretty clear. I mean, at the time, the Giants had won multiple World Series who the guy was. I mean, it was it was very, very obvious. I, I saw DeAndre Hopkins a little earlier today tweeted out. I just a guy at the gym asked me if I would take a contract or a a pay reduction or a restructure, not a pay cut, a restructure to add Julio Jones. And I said, yes. <laughs> and I and it crossed my mind. I think one thing football has like, like he's not talking about one of his teammates, right? He's at a normal person gym, and baseball has that. I think I'm not trying to shit on basketball, but basketball is lost. Like you do run in, I do run into baseball and football. I've run into multiple NFL players at my gym. There's not even an NFL team around here anymore. 
several baseball. I mean, Dennis Eckersley works out there. Now, granted, he I think he's got a daughter in Vita Blue. Like it's Romanowski. Just, it's, a, it's a blue-collar baseball, you know, football gym. You get out with the gym, people respect that. Like, I love. They will let some, you be. Like I bet DeAndre Hopkins at his gym, they let him work out. But every once in a while, like if he's if he's resting, you go bullshit with him. That's me, cool, man. To me, one of the best. To me, my favorite athlete stories are like athlete has a normal interaction. It's not, hey man, will you sign my tit? It's just, hey man, will you take less money for Julio? You know, just like a, <laughs> just a, like a base, like just I want some intel here, and then you can text his buddies and say the guy told me that. Uh, you know, I don't remember who it was. I saw some famous person a while, like a week or two ago. Maybe they'd written a book or maybe they're on TV. I don't even remember who they were talking about. They were at the airport and they were on the um, oh, it was a comedian. I heard a comedian. This was what it was. And they were on like one of those mobile walkways, you know, and I don't remember the person's name. Let's just say it was Middlecoff. And the person coming the other way was like, what's up, Middlecoff? And. And Middlecoff in this story turns around to like say what's up to the person, and the person didn't even turn around. They just kept on going. Like all they wanted to say was what's up. They didn't need an interaction more than that. They didn't need a handshake. They didn't need a photo or an autograph or a selfie. They just wanted to say what's up. Like those to me are always the funniest stories. You yeah, just treat somebody like they're, they're they're like your neighbor. Like hey, what's up, Bob? And you keep on going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, sure. mailbag time. Here we go, John. Um, mailbag time. Geology.com slash ham. Did we finish that? Geology.com slash ham. 40% off your trial sets. Let's do it. Okay. Mailbag question. This one on iTunes, and it comes from KSU22KCKC East. So I'm guessing Jeez, this guy write a book? I think this is what it is, John. This is Kansas State University, class of 22, KCKC Chiefs East. That's what my gotcha. guess. Because here we go. Pod is awesome. My biggest complaint is that there isn't any podcast that holds a candle to this one that talks about my team, Chiefs since birth. Generally, I think you guys have awesome opinions, but I have to say I listened to the Julio episode, and I think it's a little arrogant to think the Niners shouldn't seriously consider him. Put it this way. You either have to take the mindset that they are not all in on a Super Bowl this year and wait to see how the trade pick plays out before a free agent acquisition like this, or it's time to get a championship. If it's win-now mode, then it's a no-brainer if you can get them for $20 million a year for two or three years, and then you have a window where they can roll out the elite defense. So why not add a guy guaranteed to make an already good offense sweep? I know full and well that Kansas City will have to pay the piper eventually, but I love and respect that they acknowledge that the Super Bowl window is now, so let's push the money back and get ballers. Think other teams should take a page out of this book. You know what, KSU 22, KCKC East, we are going to reconsider. Not just because of that note, but also because of what our buddy who covers the Niners, Chris Biederman, tweeted, John. I had the contracts wrong. Julio Jones' salary per over the cap. This is what it would be if you traded for him. $15 million this year, 11 and a half in 22. In 2023, 11.5. He writes, I think the money's pretty palatable if you're in the market. Question becomes trade comps. Will there be a bidding war? I'd guess a second round pick and a fourth round pick is about what it would take. But in other words, the base salary, the base salary is what you take on and uh, not a lot of guarantees beyond this year on Julio's contract. So you know what? KSU 22, KCKC East, we will reconsider and open it back up here on this Julio conversation given the money situation. Yeah, I mean, I I heard Michael Lombardi say it was 26, it's basically a two-year, $26 million deal if you wanted to acquire him. And then you you asked me, did you realize that? And I think part of it is the hard part with the NFL, there's like this post-June 1, numbers change. I think that's factoring that in. 
Uh, but you're also acquiring a guy like you can't. I'd have no problem taking twenty six million dollars in Julio Jones, but you got to factor in what you have to give up for him. I had a DM the other day from a Colts fan, and he's like, I, I don't understand Ballard's rhyme or reason to anything. He's like, last year they traded a first round pick for DeForest Buckner. This year they didn't do anything with it, and they just drafted Quiddy Pay. Right? It's like why why didn't he use that pick to get another guy? Or like what what's the point of all this? So I said. Well, one, DeForest Buckner, it's a no-brainer. You're just getting an all-pro, Pro Bowl-level player on, on Ballard's side who fits their culture. There's not always available players, right? Like Stephon Diggs, Jalen Rams, like who's he supposed to trade for? You also have to factor in where your team is at financially. And while they do have a, you know, a cheap quarterback eventually, whether it's this year, whether, you know, ultimately it won't factor in this year because they're still paying Jimmy, right? Their quarterback room is not cheap right now, right? Because I, I bet Trey Lance the third overall pick. So this year he's making six, seven million dollars. Jimmy, like their their quarterback room is not, you know, five million dollars total or something. Yeah. And you also have to factor in who's on your team, who needs to get paid, you know, ideally a second round pick for a team that doesn't have many picks. Like that has been Debo Samuel. It's gotten them good players before, right? They used they got, you know, Brandon Ayuk at the end of the first round, but b- because they were kind of in that realm, that y- you got to factor in money. So to me, Julio is not coming for free. When I say coming for free, I, they don't give a shit. Like the Niners have an unlimited amount of like bonus money because Jed has cash. They, they they don't have a problem spending money. Now you got to factor it within the cap, but you do have to factor in: is it worth to make a short-term risk? When that second round pick, like we'll buy guys in free agency, right? But we only have so many picks and that second round pick, even if we're good this year, is still pretty powerful. And so if people are willing to offer a second round pick, is that more valuable to us? Because we don't have first round picks coming for a while. Look at the Texans, our good example of a team that like the last couple of years, they haven't had any picks. Or this was like the first time that the, that the Rams had a second round pick. And they're like, oh my God, it was awesome. Like, it's tough. Your margin for error is slim to none. So I, I'm not opposed. Like Julio Jones is everything you'd want in a player, right? Elite talent, elite football character, elite production. Like he has it all. But you do have to like there is a bidding process, right? There are going to be he's on the market. There are several teams interested. It's like the yeah. fucking housing market. Part of the reason the housing market's skyrocketing because there are a lot of people that want a limited amount of homes. So if like if Julio Jones was somewhat of an outlier and like only one team was interested because he made a ton of money, you'd probably get him for a fourth if they just want to unload the money. That's not the case here. Like, I, I think, wouldn't you be shocked if he doesn't go for a second round pick? I would be, yeah. Because remember, when we go back, here is where I will repeat how I ranked my list of concerns for Julio Jones. My number one concern was the cost of the trade. I said that before, and I, I still maintain that. My number two concern was his salary, which is obviously a much sa- smaller concern, although there is a concern there worth getting back to. Third concern is production and health. It's concerning health. My, my question on his production, I still think he, he'll be a really good player. I don't think he's washed up or anything like that. But the question, let's go back to salary, John. I know what he is scheduled to make right now, now, right? We know this now accurately, $15 million, $11 million next year. Great. What are you thinking? You get Julio, he plays well this year, and then you pay him $11 million next year? Fantastic. What's Julio thinking? No way in hell am I showing up for $11 million. So I still think there is some salary concern here, just not the one we thought. Instead of being the money that is owed, now the salary concern is the money that he'll want. Is Julio going to say, wherever I go, I'm going to need a new contract? 
He might, because if I were him, I would. Well, if it goes well, let's say the Niners traded for him, and he had a good season, and they were really good. There's there's zero had chance on God, zero chance on God's green earth he would show up for eleven million dollars. He's proven that before. Like he a couple of years ago, he made a stink, and he's right. Like I don't play for cheap. <laughs> like there's no like, oh, you got me on this just discount because I'm boys with Kyle. That's not the way the world works. And you're right. I mean, that's that's part that has to factor in, right? It, it just does. Yeah. Now. I'm not against having Julio Jones on my team because right now is the most important time. Is it that to me, the separate conversation, is it worth having Julio then for two years, 33, 34 at 21, $22 million a year when we can, you know, basically just take Julio for Jimmy or are we better off signing a couple younger guys, you know, and having more quote unquote depth because we have some young wide receivers at other positions like that, that that to me is what the conversation is because you're right it's right now it's a no-brainer right if he helps you you take him on your team immediately next year though if he wants are, would you if he was a free agent would you give him two years and 45 million dollars no you know I, I you know it's, it's hard because he's just, his age that's just not smart business even though you're you could also just take the rams mindset who gives a fuck put all your chips in the middle of the table every year See what see where the chips fall. Like yeah, no one the, will complain. No no one will have any issue. <laughs> there's a, so. Do you think they're a Super Bowl contending team right now? Right. You and I do not believe that. Now we think you give them Julio they Jones, be they'd be pretty di- they'd be pretty dynamic. So uh, to get back to the question, I think it's fair. Like, don't be so arrogant as to think you don't need them. I do think there's something fair about. Hey guys, you're saying because this is what I've been saying. Right. Here's what's important on this team: that Kittle is healthy, that Debo is healthy, that Ayuk is healthy. But we are talking about guys that have missed games. Ayuk, not all health, but actually the beginning of last year, it was health-related. So you go, you could say, okay, yeah, you want those guys to be healthy and you're banking on it because they're your best players when it comes to your offense. Fair. But they drafted Trey Lance for a variety of reasons. One of them is because they stopped waiting for Jimmy Garoppolo to be healthy and just decided we got to do something because this guy consistently is not healthy. So back to the, the question, the mailbag question's point on you know, are you being arrogant? You could argue that, yeah, it is a little arrogant to go, no, I'm I'm going with the studs and ignore the fact that availability is a concern for them and not prepare for a lack of availability. You know, if they miss 10 games, then you got a problem. But just you could bank on them missing a couple of games, a game here or two each. If any one of them plays 16 games, I won't even say 17 because 17, you know, you could always end up people sit week 18. But wouldn't you say right now, what are the odds that, two of them play 16 games. I don't know that I'd feel great about that at this point. No. Well, that group of three, would you be shocked at all? If you woke up one day and I either you looked at Twitter or someone forward you a tweet that Julio Jones has been traded to the Rams or the Seattle Seahawks. No, or the Colts. That wouldn't shock me. But, but, but I mean, I'm specifically talking those two teams for the Niners, right? If the Colts, oh, who cares I get what you're saying? I'm saying if you're the Niners, like, like those two teams are just going to be in the mix. They just will be. Yeah. Yeah. No, they will be. They will be. Perfect. I mean, they 100% will be. Because, like, I would, and definitely I would say the, the, the Rams have no issue. I'd put like, the Rams I mean, in Seattle. Yeah, I mean, they paid Lockett and they have DK. But still, like, you give those three, you add him to go with those two? Yeah. Holy moly. Right. Even if you put Julio with Cup and Robert Woods, that's Cam Akers that, and Matt Stafford, that offense is pretty sweet. Do you? Uh, one thing I wonder, if you're Julio. Because to me, if you're the Niners, he goes to the Colts, you don't even care. Like, you're just, that's fine. 
doesn't really impact you. I mean, technically play them, play but you know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying. No, no, it's, it's, he gets traded in your division. It's a problem. For sure. <laughs> Especially because you're still trying to figure out your secondary, and those teams are multifaceted in their passing games in terms of the players that really... I, I'd, include, I'd include the Cardinals as well. Yeah, I mean, could you imagine? Now, granted, it was just a fan if that If DeAndre Hopkins follows, up, <laughs> follows through on his agreement from the treadmill. Um, you know, here's another question. And my guess is no, because there's no indication that he would be at this point. Trent Williams made it a priority to be on the 49ers. Julio has played for Kyle Shanahan before. To me, if Julio is willing to play this year before he gets paid, then he would have an interest in making sure that he likes where he's going and he would like playing for Kyle. Now, that said, he would also like playing for Matthew Stafford and the Rams. He would also like playing with Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. He would also like playing with the Colts. So... I don't could know always that that... Re-tra- could always retrade at the end of the year. Yeah, you could. A little baseball style. You could. But if he was just your most if he has the value, then don't you keep him? I mean, there would be pressure on them to keep him, yeah. But there's could... there finances that play a part. You would e- easily argue, you know, <clears throat> the time to do this sort of stuff is when your quarterback is making $6 million. So if yeah. Trey Lance is clearly your starting quarterback, then the time to do it, you know, we've seen it with Josh Allen. I've talked about it. You've seen it with Mahomes. Mahomes, this, Josh Allen's the 10th, 10th highest paid guy in the bills right now. Like well, here, last, here, that, here, that, that is almost over for them. Here's what I do know. I, I don't know how this year is going to shake out. Clearly the moment Mac Jones went to the Patriots, Jimmy was going to be here. 1 million percent. I, I would bet $10,000 right now. Trey, Lan- I mean, obviously health permitting Trey Lance is the starting quarterback in 2022, right? There's no, he ain't sitting for two years. I don't give a shit if you win the Super Bowl. Trey Lance is starting next year. Like they just trade I mean. Yeah, I think you have no, to assume that. Yeah. So, I, but I'm not assuming, like I, I would put, I I think it's like a fact. Like it just, it, well, it, it can't, like, I mean, what? by definition, it can't be a fact. But yes, I think you have to expect that that's the case. So the easiest way for him, like with the most weapons possible. While he's cheap. I, to me, it's more about just like, how do you, how are you going to take advantage of the fact that he's cheap? But I do think there's other areas. Like, this is where I go back to. You, you know, can load up on defense. You can do other things. Yeah, manufacturing production in the pass game is not Kyle Shanahan's primary problem. He can do that. Yeah. But your team's not worse if Julio Jones is on it. That I believe pretty strongly. No, I, I, I'm never opposed to taking big swings. I'm just, there is risk here. But sometimes I think we talk too much when it comes to football on the risk, like who gives a shit? Just, I, I think the Rams have kind of set the tone. The problem here is you, your quarterback position is still a major, you got to figure some things out. Like the Rams have done it. Like Jared has been a functioning quarterback and now they've upgraded with Matt Stafford. Like the Niners, like let's just see what their quarterback situation is. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But you would argue, I know who it's going to be between and this guy can help both of them. No, I, I know, but I'm just saying like, they, they just have some other things to figure out here. <laughs> Yeah. What price, what draft price would make you not think twice? A third? Would you go third round pick, done? Yeah. I agree. I mean, that's what you, you traded more for Emmanuel Sanders than that. So, yeah. I mean, if I'm planning on winning, which but they you're not clearly are, that, that pick is like in the 80s. Who cares? All right. Next up, mailbag. Let's go. This is from your boy, El Ray. My question for you guys is which teams could you see 
pursuing Jimmy Garoppolo in the event that their starting quarterback goes down, a la Sam Bradford to the Vikings in 2016. What could the Niners get for him if a team is desperate? Okay, in other words, Garoppolo's your starter, or Trey Lance, you know, Garoppolo looks good, Trey Lance somehow becomes the starter. You would need a scenario where, like, you know, Garoppolo looks good, maybe something happens, Trey Lance comes in, looks good. Like, this doesn't work. I don't know if it works if Trey Lance beats him out. It might work if Trey Lance beats him out and somebody else's quarterback gets hurt. But I do think for this hypothetical, we need stock to just at least be where it still is on Jimmy. He can't play and look bad and then get benched, right? There are two teams that really jump out to me. If Tua or Daniel Jones were to get have a major injury and they were without a quarterback... Joe Judge and Brian Flores spent a lot of time around Bill Belichick and Jimmy Garoppolo. And both those coaches, definitely Flores, but I think Joe Judge, like they plan on making the playoffs. <laughs> so I, I, I think that both those two teams and both those two individuals, if we just assume that they're, they like Jimmy, right? Their interactions with him, it was strong. They spent a lot of time around him. Remember, Joe Judge was like not just a special teams guy, like he did some wide receiver stuff. Like that's kind of like his baby. I, I bet Joe Judge has a really, really close relationship. The other thing, Brian Flores being a defensive guy, for a lot of those years, Jimmy was probably over with the defense, right? Running scout team offense. So their relationship, probably a lot closer than you would assume for guys on opposite side of the ball as an assistant coach with a backup quarterback, right? So I, I, I do think that those two guys, because like, Jimmy has a no trade. If I was Jimmy, I don't give a shit how many quarterbacks going down. I would I would not go to the Houston Texans. I think there's one more. I'm getting paid no matter what, so it's like I that would that could be a career altering down the bad path. Yeah, uh, I would add the Titans to that list, not just because of the coach. They don't really have a backup. Just looking at their depth chart right now, Tannehill, who by the way you know does put himself sometimes in compromising positions. Uh, Logan Woodside is their backup, and Deshaun Kaiser. They're, to me, in the same boat as, like, Miami. I know they had one of the top offenses in the league last year. It's not, you know, they can run the football. They play good defense. They wouldn't need a lot from Jimmy, just like they don't need a lot from Tannehill, even though you could argue he's been better than, than the perception. So I would include Tennessee in that. I think I think he'd make a lot of sense for the Titans, should they be in that spot. Coach, GM, both Bill Belichick guys. Oh, yeah, GM, too. You're right. So that's a good question. Um, anybody else? I mean, uh, Vikings, uh I don't know what their backup situation is. I think he'd have some options if there were a devastating injury for sure. ButcherBox.com slash ham helps you make good decisions. Last night I was thinking about ordering out, and then I reached into the freezer, grabbed some ground beef, and all of a sudden it was homemade taco night. With ButcherBox, you don't have to worry about what's for dinner. ButcherBox is offering all of you your choice of weeknight meal essentials. You get peace of mind with ButcherBox because it's high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. You get the ultimate convenience because it's delivered right to your door with free shipping, as always, and you get the ultimate customization. Your customization might be, I don't know what to do. Send me the good stuff. And they send you the good stuff, curated. Right now, go to butcherbox.com ham and use the code ham, and you'll get either three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a year. Plus $20 off your first order. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer and get $20 off. Get on the Prize Picks app, just like me, and use the code ham50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Football season's over, but hoop season is getting hot. 
tournament season or the fight for playoff home court. There's no shortage of high-stakes basketball moments this time of year. So get in on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And you can get it on baseball, too. I've got some season-long more or less picks on multiple stat projections on home runs. Uh, not off, not feeling great about Shohei less than 38 and a half right now, but I put that one in the app just because I wanted something to root against with the Dodgers. Prize Picks offers injury insurance so that your entries stay live even if one of your players get injured. So hoops, somebody leaves in the first half, no problem. Injury insurance. And on Prize Picks, you can win up to 100x your money with as little as four correct picks i love it it's download the app today use code ham 50 for the first deposit match of up to a hundred dollars can i tell you about my friends very very good friends and mainly because i've been using this app for a long time game time they are the best ticket app i've ever used you shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event you want to go to a concert you want to go watch steph curry and clay thompson and draymond make a little playoff run well, that's where you use Game Time. You just download the app on your smartphone, and you can search any event. Concerts, comedy shows, games, pro and college. Search by price point or search by where you want to sit at the venue. It gives you sightline on the app, and uh, it's really easy. Buying tickets in seconds with like two taps. I cannot recommend it enough. And here's what we're doing for you. When you use the promo code HAM, H-A-M, you save $20 off at checkout. That's promo code HAM at checkout and save $20 to any event. Download the GameTime app now. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world. The nerds will help you get smarter about balancing your portfolio and avoiding scams so your money is just as safe as betting against the Cowboys in the playoffs. Planning your tax bill so you don't dread April every year. And saving on travel. Vacations coming. You spend less on airfare, it means you're not choosing between surf or turf. It's surf and turf for dinner and maybe even an extra night stay. So listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Next up, Mailbag. Uh, this is from Thick Boy Gumby. Fellas, is there a jersey more lame for a fan to wear than a Seahawks 12 jersey? <laughs> uh, yeah, there's the split jerseys for the towns that have split. You know, the Mets, Yankees, A's, Giants, stuff like that. It's pretty cheesy. Yeah, what if you're a family member like uh, Brady uh, Quinn family, and, I, and I don't Hawk. judge. Yeah, family members, you're allowed to do whatever you want. Okay, what about personalized jerseys? Uh, depends how old you are. Okay, for an adult. I think the question here is for an adult. I guess that's not the question, but for an adult, personalized jersey, well, only if it's a gift is acceptable. You personalize it for yourself. I think in the tw- if you're in your 20s, like day drinker, you know, a basketball jersey, I sure. think it's very, I don't think it's that crazy. Right. If you're like in the mid 40s, like, I, I'd probably question you don't have too much going on. To me, it, uh, over 40, it's got to be a throwback. So it's like, yeah, but 20 year old me is wearing this jersey from. From 20 years ago. You know what I mean? Throwback jersey. Can you get away with it's that? It's weird because I, I, I'm not a jersey guy, and it'd be very easy for me to shit on that guy. But the simple reality is we're going to have 40-year-olds that like our stuff. like that. They're not that wear those. like They are passionate about the sport. Like I can't hate. Let me be very clear. <laughs> I agree. 
I have no interest in jersey shaming a person of any age. Because, yeah. and this is where you have to, this is what I think people need to remember. The people who buy the jerseys, the people that consume the content, the people that buy the tickets, the people that go to the fan zones, and the, like, that's who pays the bills. Like, have some wasn't, respect for that. Wasn't there a story once upon a time of one of the guys that wore the, uh, the shoulder pads at a Raider game in the black hole with the spikes was actually like a lawyer and made like a couple hundred thousand dollars. Oh, like really? He was a very successful guy. Yeah, I, I think you, we, you can never just same with Philly. Like there was this one video of this guy screaming in the fans and it was like, this is the most prominent local doctor in South Philly. You know, it's just you can't underestimate. It is an escape for a lot of individuals. It's one thing I think the media has really lost touch with. And sometimes I, even I think like um, they are important. It's not just escape. It's also just we're, people having fun. And uh, yeah. a lot of people have fun in different ways. Sports is like there are people who, know, who don't like sports who think we're a bunch of weirdos. Right. All of us. Anybody who pays yeah. attention to this stuff. Draft position. And like, what are you guys? And, you know. Then other people like other stuff. So you know, you know the the the, the phrase I've been adopting uh, recently, John, which is "Don't yuck, don't yuck my yum." I'm having harmless fun over here. Don't tell me you hate it, and I'll let you do whatever makes you happy. Plus, I like, that. I like a little shit talking between anybody and anybody in terms of just like some you know easy shit talking. Twelves. Here's what you can't deny about the twelves, John. They got something good going in terms of just fan activation, home field advantage, civic pride. All that stuff that uh, that you want out of a local sports team, like all the things that a local sports team is supposed to do for a community, the Seattle Seahawks do for their community. And like they're people, do you know they prom- all wear Seahawks jerseys on Fridays in Seattle? Have you ever seen this? Yeah. Like during well, the guys, season, I've been in Seattle during the season. Everybody is wearing Seahawks jerseys. Every it's like a city thing. Like that's what you that's what you wear in Seattle on a Friday. It's pretty impressive. Well, let's face it. The most prominent player in franchise history is very cheesy in Russ. And I, I, I'm i not going to – it's going to sound bad because I think there's a ton of substance to Pete, but there's a little cheesiness to him too. Like it's just, it does kind of represent those well, two I in mean, a weird way. You know way. this. Like I think one of the cheesiest things out of context is a, is a pregame pump-up speech. Like if you just watch that out of context, you're like, we do this right here. For our brothers. It's like, guys, come on. But you know what? There's a reason they do it. It fires them up. So who cares? Yeah. Leave them alone. You know? Out of context, pump, pump, pump up speeches can be pretty pretty cheesy. But, but how, could okay. you see a, how could you see an out of context pump up speech when they're wearing shoulder pads? Well, what I mean is, like, if you're just sitting here just watching the thing, if you're in the stadium and they put that thing on the Jumbotron, like, you're like, fuck yeah, that fires me up. If you're just sitting on your couch and you happen to watch that thing, you'd be like, it's kind of dumb. I think it just depends who's saying it. That's Some true. people are dumb. Some people, and if you know one of them, you're like, eh, I don't know if this would resonate with me. <laughs> Next up, uh, this is from Fleming, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. I'm from Wisconsin. After the Rodgers debacle on draft night, every Packer fan wanted Rodgers out and agreed with what I have said for years, which is that he's a poor leader. Now it's been a couple weeks. They all think Rodgers is in the right to want out. They think he handled the whole situation correctly. I'm a Brady fan, and they all keep saying Brady handled the Jimmy G situation worse uh, worse than Rodgers. They also say Brady leaving for Tampa is the same as what Rodgers is doing in Green Bay right now. Can you explain the difference between Brady leaving New England and what Rodgers is doing now? Finally, uh, do the Super Bowls change this conversation at all? Thank you. Love the pod. I mean, if Rodgers had won five Super Bowls... No, I don't think the Super Bowls changed the conversation. I think these teams... The good teams live in the future, not in the past, because Brady won a bunch of championships and he's not there anymore. 
and it does feel like part of the reason he's not there anymore. I mean, I don't. It's tough to say. I would say Green Bay to me want has wanted Aaron more than New England wanted Tom at the end. That feels like a difference between these two. Well, I, I do think the Super Bowl changes it. It just gives you more equity with everyone. It doesn't make leaving or staying more difficult. Tom left as a free agent. Tom never once publicly went through anything close to this. The weirdest part of Tom is like, his house is for sale. Now, it was all precursor. Remember, it's like, God, this is kind of weird. And it it will drip, drip, drip. Or it's like, you know, he restructured his contract. No franchise tag. But again, played out the contract. Say what you want. Like, Tom did it pretty respectfully. He never, ever, like, ruined his equity with the fan base. If anything, kind of put it on them. It's like, guys, I, you don't want to pay me $50 million? Like, I, I'm not costing. The Bucks did not give me $80 million for two years. It's like, Bill, we wouldn't give him two years $50 million? Like, if you look back, every Patriot fan and go, it, would you have been more angry knowing that, like, it's just two years for $50 million? Like, it, Bill couldn't give him two years $60 fucking million? Like, what are we doing? I think the Patriot fan kind of goes, like, how did we screw this up? Or is it just simple as time for a breakup? Tom was also there several years longer. Now, in fairness to Rodgers, Tom played with arguably the greatest coach ever. He's played with LaFleur and McCarthy, who McCarthy won a Super Bowl. LaFleur's won a bunch of games. But yeah, I, listen, I mean, I, I just think Aaron thinks he's above both of them. Yeah, I mean. Which is his bripes. The Patriots drafted backup quarterbacks. Uh, just like the Packers did, but multiple times. Not as high. Never never that high. Time. Never that high. The Patriots didn't do a great job of surrounding him with drafted offensive weapons, like in the first round, right? They tried, missed some. Yeah. <laughs> I I do think it's different. I do think it's different. Um, no take backs on Sonny Michelle or uh, Nikhil Harry. Because you'd be or, like, oh, uh, could we give? Could we take DK and Nick Chubb? Could who, we just flip flop? Who was the other receiver? Who was the receiver? The other receiver they took, like end of the first round, who was bad? Well, they had a Jackson guy in the two thousand, yeah, like Chris Jackson or something like that. Yeah, it was a dude from Florida. who wasn't that good. I think the Nikhil one stinks because he finally did it. I think Sony Michelle stings a little bit too, even though he was good in the one playoff run. You're like, we could have just had Nick Chubb. Like you took the wrong guy from the the same school. Yeah, I know. Next up, this is from Lulu. Uh, can you guys talk a little about the, maybe, uh, Lulu69. Can you guys talk a little about the difference with draft capital in the NFL versus the NBA? I feel like the NBA structure doesn't let teams rebuild well like the NFL. The NFL product is so good on paper and on TV, and it's because we never know what's going to happen, unlike the NBA where things uh, seem predestined. Well, I, I mean, the, the first difference, right, is the number of available immediate impact players is the primary difference. I think every team in the NFL, and probably twice, three times, the good ones, five, six times, have hit on so many Draymond Greens over the years. Because a second-round pick in the NBA would probably be equivalent of, Draymond was early in the second round, like a fourth or a fifth-round pick. Like most, if you just went around the league, I bet most teams' best players, or like every team on the league has a star player or a guy that's like one of their best players that's a mid to late-round pick. You could just fire around the league. Who's a, definitely a non-first-round pick, but probably third through like the sixth round, someone has a guy that you nailed. Whether it's Edelman, whether it's Kittle, whether it's Sherman, whether it's you just move around the league and it's just like boom, 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 boom. That's the way it happens. Even th- Cooper Cup in the third, you know, just guys that that doesn't exist in the NBA. So I do think picks 
are very, very valuable. But definitely, if you just wanted to stick on like the second and third round, like the non-premium premium guys, I'd say basically every GM has hit a home run in that in that round. So you just know it. So you're just like, you know, we got the 40th pick. Like, not only do I pretty confident that I can, or I just have a track record and you just look around the league, but also that guy's then really cheap. It's harder to pivot. Like, I, in the NBA, you're like, you know, the likelihood that, like, Cade Cunningham's going to be good is slim to none, let alone a guy like that goes 15th, well, let alone a guy that goes 60th. What's the NBA equivalent of a – what is the NFL equivalent of an NBA second-round pick? Like, especially the middle of the back, like a fourth? I just think it probably depends. Like, Where? the last pick in the second round okay, would be, like, let's seven. let's just say the middle, the middle of the second round. Well, it's not a th- Like, what would, you say, what would you say Draymond is, like, pick 35? Yeah, third-rounder. Yeah, third, fifth rounder, third, fourth rounder, somewhere in there. Yeah, I to me, I, and they happen in the NBA, but they happen every year in the NFL or just about. I'd say Draymond's a pretty big outlier. No, 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 no. I, not Draymond. I'm just saying you nail like every year in the third round, somebody's just getting a starter in the NBA. Most yeah. guys, you're you're not getting starters in the first round. But I even think, yeah, I I think Draymond the second round. The second round in the NBA probably starts at like pick sixteen, and it's just a complete crapshoot, right? Like for every Jimmy Butler at twenty-seven, there are way more Haberman and Middlecoffs. It's just like <laughs> this guy stinks. Yeah, yeah, and or like and even also, just struggle to play. And also you know? now, also think about this: in the NFL, you are getting a three-year player. Now he may not have played all three years. He may be Trey Lance, but you're just getting more information on the guys that you draft in the NFL. I actually think the NBA has made a mistake. I would have gone either come out of high school. You got to say two years in the pro in the college. I think that would help the sport. I think the college basketball being less relevant has really hurt the NBA because we just don't know the guy's stories as much. Yeah, well, it hurts it from an entertainment standpoint, but also from an evaluation standpoint. I want to see the 15 best players all playing in the NCAA tournament. See them, you know, in these big moments on these big stages in these difficult circumstances. Right? There's that yeah. too. Next up, mailbag. Uh, hair we've kill up. Looking at the Raiders schedule, it can be very easy for this team to go 500 or sub 500. My question is that if the team goes 500 or less this upcoming season and misses the playoffs for the fourth straight year of Gruden's tenure, who's the odd man out? Obviously, Mayock would be the first man gone and be an easy scapegoat due to our poor drafting, even though we know it's Gruden making the calls. Do you think Carr would be gone as well? He's got two years left on his contract with no guaranteed money left. If Carr is gone, do you see us signing a vet or drafting Mitch 2.0 and Sam Howell? Thank you for your time. Well, I mean, look, it's not hard to build a scenario where Derek Carr plays well and they miss the playoffs, right? Because we just saw it. So, uh, you know, I, I don't think Derek's at the top of the list. As always, you got to replace guys, uh, and that's easier said than done. And if you're gonna, re- if Derek plays well but you miss the playoffs and you run him out of town, how do you upgrade? Uh, if you're not doing the Aaron Rodgers thing. So you're going to miss the playoffs again because you went and got Sam Hell or whoever. So I don't I, – yeah, Mayock would be at the top of that list, right? For sure. Yeah, but so you're just going to be on your third general manager under Gruden in four years? I mean, that's pretty crazy. Third general manager? Now yeah. one was inherited, but he's searching for a second GM and two – like that's – when does that happen in the NFL, guy? I don't know if there is like when a clear – I mean, when you have a 10-year contract. If the reason that you were bad was Derek, then maybe that would make some sense. But if Derek, if the same thing happens as last year, like he's clearly one of your better players, I would say you're just going to get rid of Derek, like you're one positive. They're kind of out of scapegoats. You're, okay, fired Mayock. Well, we didn't think Mike was making the picks to begin with. Like what's, you're just rearranging 
chairs on the on the Titanic, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, their schedule's hard. I mean, the Chiefs are good. The Broncos are going to be better. The Chargers have a star quarterback. They open with Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Like It's not inconceivable at all if they don't beat Baltimore, who's been one of the best regular season teams in the league for three straight years, and that's the home game. You lose that, then you're going to Pittsburgh on a short week. Like, if to me, you lose week one, you're going to be an underdog I mean, if Pittsburgh looked good week one, what are you, six, seven-point underdog? Yeah. Week two? Yeah. It's like, you you win, that maybe it's three or four, but you're an underdog week two no matter what. But you lose week one, like, all of a sudden, you're just, you're just behind the eight ball. <laughs> Part of this, too, was like, did you you hired Gus Bradley. Did that go poorly? But, but like, yeah, probably will. Like, who's they got on the team? Bro, I'm just saying, when you start trying to look for scapegoats, you're going to change defensive coordinators in two years. They've, no. guy, they've had like seven scapegoats in 24 months. Like, I, I don't. I think they're kind of out of scapegoats. It's just like it would just be universally accepted that Gruden is a complete disaster because there are still some small people. Like, let's see, let's see. Well, you know, the beauty <laughs> of being having that take is we're going to see. He's got. We're not halfway through the contract yet, so we're going to see. Right, we're going to see. Yeah. Um, you're right. When you look at when I look at their schedule right now, you go, who should they be? Well, I know this. They should split with Denver. They should split with the Chargers. John Gruden yeah. should split with right a first year head coach. Um, they should beat Philly at home. All right, now we got three wins. They sh- should they beat Washington football team at home? I mean, I know they kind of snuck into the playoffs, but I don't know. Washington football team pretty damn good defense. So no, I can't say should. Should they beat? Cincinnati at home? Yes, they should. But yeah. fuck, things that should happen in the NFL don't always happen. Should they beat they're, New York on the road, but, the Giants? Yeah. But again, they you know, they beat the Chiefs last year. So it's hard to play this game. But but guy, they lost, they, they lost or they beat the Jets only because he ran a zero coverage all-out oh. blitz and Derek threw a game. Like, they, they are. I'm just saying I can't play the should game with them. because I don't No, exactly you can't know. play a win-loss game with the Raiders because I think the one thing. If you told me they beat the Ravens on week one, I'd be like, yeah, believable. If you tell me they lose back-to-back games to like the Giants and the Bengals, I'm like, believable, right? right? I mean, that's the thing with Gruden. It's like, I don't know who I'm getting. Am I getting a team that just goes toe-to-toe with Mahomes? And Derek's like, is that the best game Derek Carr's ever played? And the next week you play a Falcons team that has like a wide receiver coach as a defensive coordinator, an offensive line coach, coaching DBs. <laughs> Remember, they pick fucking coaches out of a hat. They pick coaches out of a hat because the guy was so desperate, and the Falcons beat him forty-six to three. And maybe must it was forty-five game. to six and in a game, game that, like, yeah, it was just like they just had to win it. They didn't get beat; they got mollywopped. So it's like that to me is defined Gruden. Next, now you're up, right. Part of it is their defense has been really bad. Like their defense just has to be somewhat incrementally better. Yeah, if if it's. Where, where was it ranked last year? I mean, tell me if you tell me right now the fifteenth ranked defense in the NFL, I'd say that's they are that seems pretty state. unrealistic though, yeah. wouldn't you? Uh, yeah, it seems unrealistic based on personnel. Next up, this is from Rando one two three one one two three. Somebody tells me that's Rando's not his real name. Their entire podcast would consist of nothing but ad reads if they could get away with it. Some days the first three minutes are nothing but ads, and other days the first six to nine minutes are ad reads. I'm all for capitalism and making money. But these guys are very inconsiderate of their audience. We always, uh, you know, we're not afraid of criticism. And uh, I don't think we've done the first three minutes, nothing but ad reads. I don't think that's happened. We typically, when we do a show, we don't do more than two ads back to back. Sometimes we do one ad that we read and then we put in another recorded ad. 
and that could make two back to back. Um, the I'm just trying to think of make getting it out on the table how we how we do our ads. Uh, well, I think oh, first, sometimes first of- like my bookie and DraftKings is also we do the ad, but it's also content because we're talking about stuff that we talk about anyway. Anyway, I'd say first and foremost, the podcast is free. So, you know, it's we don't charge right subscription base, which has gone been very, very popular uh, just in every model. Right. And if you listen to podcasts, I talked to a guy at Fox who uh, who's like in charge of like Fox Sports Radio and I work with him through the for the three and out podcast do business stuff. We were just talking. We were on the phone yesterday and he told me that he read a stat and he didn't know if it was true. And it, it probably doesn't sound quite true, but it's probably pretty close to true that uh, 1% of the podcasts make 99% of the podcast revenue. I believe that. So we're, we're very lucky that we've been able to not just monetize this, but create a growing business off this. And it's done pretty well the last couple of years and continues to trend that way. But the thing with podcasts, like you and I, what makes it unique, we do one, but we're, we've been consumers of podcasts for a long period of time. Like podcasts, like if it becomes what it's becoming because the other medium radio just dies a little bit. You do have to financially stay afloat. And the, the ads, like when we read a newspaper forever, do you know what a newspaper it turns out just was? It was a distribution platform for the ads. And we've seen like once that went away and people stopped newspapers under, 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 under. So the business model ads make this be free. You there's listen, obviously we don't charge you anything. We want you to use the brands that we pick because we think they fit. Sometimes we just, you know, you can't turn down business, but like, I know I do it. Like you can fucking skip, (laughs) you know, I don't want you to, but like I do it. We all do it. I'm sure the guy listening does it. It's part of the deal. They ain't going away. I'll tell you that much. I mean, the ultimate goal, right in, uh, this is going to sound like an advocacy for laziness, but it's not. I think one of the ultimate goals is to make as much money for doing as little as possible. And that's not, I want to make money while sitting on my couch. That is, you, a restaurant would uh, love to be open five days a week and make as much as it could make if it was open seven days a week and not have to work 24 hours a day, seven days a week, right? If you're the chef of that particular restaurant. Um, a business would love to be able to take vacation three months out of the year if they could not lose any inven- or not lose any revenue for three months. And we would love to play one ad and have that one ad be worth just as much as if we did seven ads. But yeah, it doesn't. What if one ad paid us fifty grand a month? Just yeah, read and one, one ad, ad for like, sixty I'll pay, seconds. I'll pay you fifty grand a month because I'm the only ad. You have to agree not to take any other ads. And as long as we could make more money doing that than we could do with five ads, we would do that. And the second five ads would pay us seventy five thousand a month, we'd go to five ads because this this is a business now. We also do consider the listening experience, like have respect for your listener, right? Just try to appreciate the fact that they're here for your content and you want them to enjoy the content and you don't want it to be difficult for people to consume your content. And in my opinion, I don't think we make it difficult for people to consume our content based on uh, uh, the advertising. I think we're pretty kind. We are. I know we're pretty conscientious about, okay, where do we put it? We don't want it to be, we don't, you know, we don't want you to get an ad every 15 minutes. Um, we do want it to be enjoyable for you. We do want it to be because it is in our best interest for it to be easy for you to consume. So there's a balance and we're, you're constantly walking that line. And the good news is that 
we've reached a point where we have to rock that balance. If we had no ads, there wouldn't be a balance. We'd have no ads. If we have five, now we got to figure out how do we make sure that it's a good listening experience? Also, how do we make sure that the advertiser is getting what they paid for? Because in the end, we want this to make enough money that it can continue to make more money and be a real business, right? It's not, as you've always said, and I think you've always said it well, this is not a passion project. We have passion for it, but we, we need to make money doing it. Well, I'd even go a step further if we're, we're lucky enough, and thanks to people listening, that we can monetize this, and we have now for years. But if we were not able to, this might not exist like it does. I mean, well, it wouldn't exist four days a week, I'll tell you that. Yeah, it would be... Or more, we'd have sometimes issues. we do seven days of content. Yeah, who knows? I mean, we're just... We understand we're very lucky, and it's it's a balance, like you said, but it just comes with the territory. It just it is the business model. If anything, as a consumer, you don't pay a fucking thing if you don't want to. It's actually pretty great. I listen to a ton of podcasts that I've never used any of their promo codes, not once. <laughs> Thinking about it, right? Well, yeah, and ultimately, we like part of the reason you might use a promo code is you really want the product. Part of the reason you might use a promo code is to support what. And I'm not just talking about our show; is to support. Um, part of the reason, you know, maybe you 100% want a product and 0% care about the show. That could happen. Just people have bought products from shows they hate because they want the product. Sometimes people, and this is why advertisers like ads that the hosts read versus ads that just play, they pay more money for those ads. Why? Because the listener, you guys listening, have a relationship with the host, and you might be more likely to try something that we're talking about than just some, you know, faceless advertising person. And you might like that product too. It, th- those ads work. They've worked for years. You don't need quote unquote endorsers. But, um, uh, but, th- but those are the ads that, that pay more money. Those are the ads that are more valuable. And uh, there's a reason we do them. Because yeah. A, they're more you- valuable to us. B, you're more likely to engage with them. And C, the advertiser pays more money for them. Yeah, when you hear us reading four or five ads on a given week, go, God damn, these guys are doing pretty well. They ain't <laughs> yeah. eating frozen dinners this week, honey. <laughs> hey, remember, look, I'm eating steaks today. But I mean, it's, you know, it is. Um, I don't want to use the word a grind because it's not we're not grinding, but it's a there are a, you have a lot of options. Colin always said it from day one of his show, right? Thanks for making us part of your day. The 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 marketplace has never had more competition than it has today, ever. And. Only more people will get podcasts. Some people are going to fall off because, like you said, not everybody's making money and you can only do passion projects for so long. But there's never been more competition in the podcast marketplace. So it's in our best interest to make sure that you guys want to be here and that you want to tell your friends about it, that you want to help it grow, that you're invested in the success of it. Um, And never forgetting that is a critical part of doing a show that grows is not alienating your consumer. So there's no doubt. Like it's, it is part of every discussion we have when it comes to every single show we do. How do we do this in a way that, that services the advertiser and make sure that the listening experience is what people expect? And, you know, as time goes on, you have to, all of a sudden you get 15 ads. What do you do? Do you say no or do you find a way to incorporate 15 ads? I don't know. If we got 15 people knocking on the door, that's a, a problem we'll have to try and solve, right? Yeah. Maybe you raise your rates. I think that's probably one thing you do. You raise your rates. So you don't have 15 ads, you make the money of 15 with five and you tell them, look, 
There's 10 other people we're saying no to because we're taking your money, but you've got to account for the fact that this is a desirable product. Because if Joe Rogan wanted, I don't know what Joe, you know, Joe Rogan could do three hours of ads. There, there are three hours worth of people that would want to buy ads on Joe Rogan's show, right? So what does he do? He finds the number that's right in terms of volume of ads and then charges them like they're lucky to be one of the 10 because 290 people are, are, can't get in at that price. I haven't listened to him since he went to Spotify, but in my experience thinking about it, like he used to read like 10 minutes of ads at the start and then he'd do like two hours of content or yeah. three sometimes. That yeah. was just part of the deal. He's Joe Rogan. And we try to bring ads that we think our consumer's going to like, like mybookie.ag, promo code HAM1, get your gamble on, or you need a new bed, sleepnumber.com slash HAM. It's part of the drill, people. Geology.com slash HAM. Should we just yeah. read all of the things? It's funny that promo code HAM, it's like, it's a selling point, but I think the reason that promo code HAM has stuck in addition to it actually being the promo code, is because of what it represents, right? What does promo code HAM represent? It represents two guys trying to make it. It represents it to represents grassroots. It represents like us being in this thing together. It represents like that's were the you officially Were you officially fired? Uh, no, I officially declined a contract extension. So you're listening to two guys. <laughs> one, was, one was fired, escorted out of the building. The other... Out of principle slash didn't want to be there, declined a contract extension. I only but wanted ulti- to work with Middlecoff. That's that but how did they pay? Uh, yeah, however, well they uh, paid right. us both. I know. So you just you could not get fired and still get paid so, without working. Yeah, we. Uh, you may have forgotten this part of the story, but they wanted you to fill in or something. Yeah, you they, refused. They wanted me to fill. They they say we just you let- never did a show after that day. No. They said, we let Middlecoff go. We had just done, finished the show. This is September 2016. Is that what month it was? Yeah. We had just interviewed, um, what's his name? It was running back from the Raiders, was on the show that day. MJD? I don't think it was MJD. It was Latavius, Latavius Murray. Murray had just been on the show that day. Well, they had just beat the Saints in the Michael Crabtree walk-off phase. Did you do the post-game show that day? Uh, well, I, on Sunday, I yeah, did. Yeah, you did. Yeah. So... They, we kind of we were not caught off guard. We knew our contracts. We you know we we knew the situation because we had gotten tipped off. John Lund tipped us off to like they're talking to JT the Brick. I think is what we heard. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to burn anybody here, but so we knew we were not surprised. We knew it was coming. Right? We didn't know the day. We didn't know exactly. But so uh, they let you go. Papa told me the Raiders wanted me gone. Okay. So then I go in, they're like, we want you to do the show tomorrow. And I was like, yeah, no, <laughs> I'm not. Do- why would I do that? But my concern was we had two, we had like two and a half months. I think our contract didn't expire till December. I, I got paid for, I think, three months. Three, yeah, because we, because we started the podcast in October 2016 or like late September 2016. So I said, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. And they said, well, so what are you going to do? And I was like. And I was terrified because I thought, what what do I do if they make me work for my money? Because you, you didn't want to quit and lose your cash, yeah. So I was really worried, and I don't think they ever consider. I don't think it occurred to them. They're like, well, okay, go see HR. Like they'll have your they'll yeah. have your money. And I was like, this isn't this isn't exactly head, Belichick like, oh God, oh and God, Jeff oh Bezos. Oh my God! Oh my God. Like yeah, they didn't even play be- that card. Did they not know they had yeah. that card? But maybe we weren't dealing with usually Tim Cook people, and Warren Buffett. But also, John, usually people on the way out don't get kept around because you can just blow shit up, right? You can go on there and be like, you can just start saying whatever you want. 
Yeah. So maybe they thought about it and decided not to. Why did this come up? I don't know. Oh, because we were talking just, about I, how this whole thing started. I just realized that I got this call with Gottlieb in a minute. Do you have another question? <laughs> I'd forgotten about it. Is it a paid hit, John? Uh, yes, it is. Uh, yeah, you know what? We got three more, but we can save them for the next mailbag. This, yeah, is, this has been a meaty mailbag. So we had a few more. We'll get to them on the next mailbag. Good hanging out, everybody. <laughs> Glad Later. we ended on that note. Thanks for your support, huh? Thanks for your support. Appreciate you. All right. Uh, get in the next mailbag and, uh, yeah, holler at us. Find someone who will uh, roll with you like Haverman will. <laughs> Later. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Overdraft fees are just the worst. Get up to 200 in fee-free overdraft with the Chime checking account. Sign up today at Chime.com slash Goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.